This is an ABC podcast. The world is full of uncertainty. The world is full of constant change. But one thing remains true, and that is the Sammy J Snack Pack arrives this time every week. Hello. Thanks for joining me once again. I am so excited this week. Why am I excited? Good question. I mean, Grand Denya's joining us. You know Grand Denya, TV host, all-rounder, starring in an ABC comedy, Preppers. Going to find out what he's been seeing, hearing and tasting. But that's not why I'm excited. Sex in the City is coming back. Whole new incarnation. Dr Lauren Rosewarn, professor in social and political science, is coming to talk about whether it's still relevant. That's not why I'm excited. Guy Grossi, a culinary icon. He's coming on to talk about the hill that he would die on this week. Great guy, very entertaining guy, but that's not why I am excited. And don't get me wrong, my level of excitement for each of those guests is massive. And yet, it is eclipsed entirely by the fact that the cast of Frozen are joining me on the snack pack to sing a song with us, for us, and they're even going to let me play piano for them. That's why I'm excited. In fact... I'm excited across the board. I hope you are too. Let's jump into it. You know, there's a guy out there who, like me, loves to use a silly first name and a first letter surname. His name's Matty Y. He's a regular caller on my breakfast radio program in Melbourne. And he gave me a call to talk about the last time he sat an exam, which didn't really end up where he was expecting it would. Sammy J, Matty Y in the house. How are you going? Good, Matty Y. How are you going, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just living the dream. Just living the dream. Just going to work and... um. You know, just trying to sort of, you know, do what I can for myself and, um, yeah, and he's talking to you. Well, once again, what a joy. Last time we spoke, you were basically breaking all sorts of contractual obligations, I think, because you were hinting that you were going to be on the ABC at some point, but you couldn't tell us much more, could you? Uh, I couldn't tell you much more. No, I couldn't. Um, But about your question today, my last sort of real exam was about in the early 2000s when I did my Masters of... Um, international politics or something. Uh-huh. And um, that was my last real exam. But I tell you what, that nothing compares to my exam in studying my specialist subject of midnight oil on hard quiz next Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I remember you told us, but you told us like just after you recorded it. And I was freaking out that because you were talking about it, they were going to cut the episode. And that was in April, that was. So, <laughs> and, and studying up on midnight oil. Is a little bit like cleaning out the shed. Just trying to see what's important, what isn't important, and what do you think that they're gonna gonna um, ask you. But I, I just I certainly couldn't I certainly couldn't study on the specialist on the other specialist subjects, which you know it can now be said because it's actually been released. Yeah. Um, which are Twilight Saga, Australian Railways, and get this, Danish Kings of England. Oh, Danish kings of England can get in the bin. I want to talk Midnight Oil. What animal is pictured on the cover of Midnight Oil's Redneck Wonderland, Matty Why? Oh, Redneck Wonderland's the kangaroo. Correct. Which, oh. mi- which Midnight Oil song featured Rob Hurst's famous drum solo? Ah, uh, Power and the Passion. You're listening to the Sammy J Snack Pack. Mmm, yummy, yummy in my ear tummy. So what do you know about Grant Denyer? You might know he's won a whole heap of logies, he hosts TV shows, he's a well-known personality, celebrity, all-round nice guy, it seems, but recently he's taken up acting. That's right, 
He's starring in Nakia Louie's new show, Preppers, on the ABC, where he plays an executive producer. Grant, I assume you've seen a few of these in your day. What makes a good producer? What makes a good one is someone who allows you to make mistakes on the job so you can grow but doesn't crush your confidence when you do make an error. And I had, yeah. was lucky to have one of those in, in the beginning of my career. And a bad one is one that sucks your soul out of you and, and then crushes your spirit and also <laughs> just removes the bit of personality that makes you different to everybody else so someone who allows it to thrive they're they're the ones you want amen i'll, I'll subscribe to that uh that summary myself grant <laughs> hey 15 year old grant denya i've got him here right now what do you want to say to him is he looking up at you going wow everything's gonna be okay everything happens at the right time when it's supposed to be so just allow it to be yeah, I think rushing to climb the ladder was was something that I was I was I was guilty of, mm-hmm. and then being desperate to to put that next foot up the next rung. But I think you it happens when it's supposed to. You don't need to rush it. Grant Denya throwing out some Yoda wisdom right now on breakfast. <laughs> what a joy! I've got look. I've saved my big, the hard hitting questions right now. As you'll appreciate, I'm also a journalist, so I've got three questions. Are you ready to answer them, Grant Denya? <laughs> Hit me, Sammy J. Here we go. Okay, Grand Junior, star of Preppers right now on ABC. What you seeing? Interesting. Now, I was going to go with a TV show, but I went, no, 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 no. What I was seeing over the weekend was beautiful snow gums across the snowy mountains as I crossed fresh, chilly rivers to get to the other side of the, of the state Sorry, in Victoria. I thought you meant chilly like the food chilli. I was like, hey, they don't grow in rivers. This is going no. weird. No, it was cold. No, no. Yeah. It was cold. It was beautiful. I just, you know, like everyone, we're all going mental and yep. in lockdown, and I just needed I needed nature. I needed trees. I needed mountains. I needed windy dirt tracks. Oh. So I, did, I went over the snowies at the weekend. Where was home for you? Where did you grow up, Grant? Uh, all over. We're a farming family from the Riverina of, of New South Wales yeah. with the same farm which we've had in the family for 113 years and it's still in the family. So we're, we're sort of rural folk. I'm going to accept that as a fabulous answer, but now I feel like I've got to go deeper. Um, you're still too comfortable. Are you ready for this next one? Because I've been working on this one, Grant. You ready? Hit me. What's you hearing? Ooh. Mm. I'm hearing the Huberman Lab which is a podcast about a neuroscientist who talks about uh, brain elasticity and even as you get older, how you can basically hack your own brain for more brilliance. Huberman Lab with a B? Huberman? Yes, Huberman. Yeah, wow. yeah with a B. Does it make you want to do it or is it just more like a sort of car crash podcast where you're just listening to it thinking that's cool but I'd never... You know? No, no, it's it's good oh. because it's like it's like you know how everyone says, oh, your brain is so malleable and you learn so well when you're young, and, mm-hmm. you know, but that sort of drops off when you're 25. So just forget about learning things as you get older. Well, this guy is kind of sort of gives you gives you the hacks and tricks in which you can still make the most of your brain and squeeze more dopamine out of it and things like how you can use adrenaline for for advantage you know like when you need it rather than just a fight or flight response is it so like is it like that brain like, that plasticity thing where you can change the neural pathways by habits exactly and yeah, yeah yeah so it gives you some skills in which you can sort of elect re-electrify and wake up parts of those brain parts of your brain that have perhaps gone just a little more quiet in in more recent years it's fascinating that. Okay, well, I haven't broken you yet. This is, I've got one more question. This is going to be the one. This is going to be one, Grant right. You ready? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Grant mm-hmm. What you tasting? Oh, Sammy J. 
This is yesterday. My, my daughter and I were walking down the street and we saw someone eating a kiwi fruit with the skin on. Just you know, f- you know, furry it is yeah. as, a, as a texture on the no. outside, sweet and delicious on the inside. Yeah, sure. But they were eating the whole thing on the outside. So we got home and we were like, "That's wacky. We need to give that a try." <laughs> so yesterday we ate a whole kiwi fruit, no. skin included. No, how old's your daughter? Uh, she's ten. Ten. Okay, so she's she's up for a bit of fun. Then she hasn't like yet, you know, learnt about the world and learnt perhaps that you shouldn't eat a kiwi fruit with the skin on, Grant. I know, crazy, right? But we just had to try. How and was it? Let's just let's just say you don't want the furry bit on your tongue. It's very confusing for your brain, and but you bite into it, and it actually adds a little tartness to the flavour of it. And I think it possibly just amplified the whole experience. <laughs> this is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Open with care. Well, pop the champagne and lay out the red carpet because Carrie and Samantha and the gals are back with Sex and the City making a return, as you can tell from my uh, rather nervous delivery there. I don't really know the specific names of the characters. I've always been aware of Sex and the City. I know it's a big thing. It just wasn't something I was drawn to, but I know I'm probably in the minority there. The show always revolved around a group of friends, their relationships with partners in the big city... Dr. Lauren Rosewarn is an associate professor in the School of Social and Political Sciences at the University of Melbourne. Lauren, are you a fan of Sex and the City? No, I'd say I was about about where you are, actually. Mm-hmm. More so I've approached it when I've had to do research and sort of gone back and actively looked at it, but not was never a fan, no. Okay, well, it's good to get our sort of uh, possible biases out of the way because, you know, if you were died in the walls of Porter and, and loved it, you might be looking at this through through different eyes, I guess, this new development. But no judgment if you are, just because I'm not and just because you're not. It's okay <laughs> if you're a, you know, super fan. Well... Regardless, I guess we can all agree, however, Lauren, that this movie is clearly a shameless cash grab that should never have happened. Yeah, I'd say that... (laughs) Well, definitely the cash grab. I think that there's a whole industry about sort of rebooting our past, particularly at the moment our 90s past is being mined extensively and we're going to see more of these reboots, revisiting of old characters, catching up with them, seeing how they're doing decades on. And this goes right across the board. I mean, you know, from bands reuniting to TV shows, like there is something beautiful and nostalgic and and warm that we all just crave from these things, isn't there? Yeah, well, it's a set of known pleasures. There's nothing, you know, they're not going to genre swap. There won't be zombies in this, you know, (laughs) revisit. We're going to see more of what we got. And if you liked it in the past, you'll probably like seeing where the characters are now because they've grown up and you've grown up. And I think there's something safe there. You know, there was lots of research at this uh, mid-pandemic where, you know, Netflix was releasing data about what we were watching. And a lot of it was stuff we'd probably already seen seen before Mm. and that's partly because we're going back and doing what we know is safe there's not going to be any scares we know how it ends now the difference of course with sex in the city is that it's a female-led show and these actors have now grown up as all people and humans do (laughs) but of course on screen there's always been a bit of a difference in how we treat should we say men and women lauren 
Yeah, and this is something Sarah Jessica Parker, who's the lead and the narrator in the series, who is has done a few interviews talking about the fact that her appearance and the appearance of the other women is being judged unfairly in the sense that there's criticism that these women look wrinkled or don't look wrinkled enough and therefore have had work done. And there's a scrutiny of them that is apparently taking place online since the trailer has dropped. And this is, I think you know, part of the conversation about the different ways that men and women are judged in the public eye and the different standards that we apply to them. You know, you tend not to hear those criticisms levelled against men. Admittedly, there's not a similar Sex in the City reboot for men, but that idea that we sort of allow men a longer uh, period of time in the public eye that we'll still deem them hot before suddenly seeing them as past it. So what's Sarah Jessica Parker's take on this? You just said that she's come out sort of claiming it's potentially some unfair coverage. Would that not have been expected by her, sadly, in the industry that she works in and in the world that we live in? Yeah, and particularly for someone who entered the industry so young, she would have probably, you know, as well as any cast member, probably mostly because she did enter the industry as a, as a child, that there is an objectification that happens with women where not only are they looked, you know, on, uh, not only are they on the screen, but their appearance is judged and condemned often in ways that men aren't. Now, I think, though... And this is the cynic in me, Sammy, but I think that there's an element here of making this more of a feminist story than perhaps it is, in the sense that she's not making a new point, you know. Dr Lauren Rosewarn, are you suggesting that right now you and I are inadvertently, accidentally part of the Sex and the City publicity machine? I would say yes. And let's get to the real story now, let's get to the big story. There's a pig on the loose. Well, there was. In Warrenwood. Lisa Johnson saw the pig. Um, she was very friendly. I've never seen such a friendly pig. Now, regular snack packers will know I love inviting people here into a nice, safe, neutral territory where they can then tell us in a safe space about the hill that they would die on, the small petty grudge, the gripe, the worry that keeps them up at night that they are prepared to go into battle for. And today I'm joined by a renowned restaurateur, a celebrity chef, a man whose restaurants are part of the very fabric of Australian culinary life. Guy Grossi, what is the hill you are going to die on today? Well, I'm going to tell you, when it comes to traditional things, I like innovation, but when it comes to traditional things, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Mm -hmm. Um, And... The hill I'd like to die on for, not on, because I don't want to die today, <laughs> but uh, it's when people insist on putting cream in carbonara. It just doesn't go. You what? use top quality pancetta or um, or even better, some cured pork cheek, um, a beautiful fettuccine, pepper, egg, pecorino and parmigiano, and that is it. My friend, that is it. But, 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 Guy Grossi, I'm sorry to school you here. I know you know a few things about food, but clearly carbonara is a creamy pasta dish. That's the first thing I would get when making it. You, you make sure you've got the cream. It's a creamy dish. I'll give you that. It's got a creamy texture. Yeah. But that comes from the perfection in how the egg is cooked. It's cooked just so, so it's creamy, and it only just begins, it doesn't coagulate, it just thickens nicely. Um, And I always use a whole egg and an egg yolk per serve. Um, Bring that all together with your cheese and your cracked pepper, 
a little bit of seasoning, but watch the salt because using pancetta can be quite salty. So fry the pancetta off, get your fettuccine in there, make sure the pan cools down a little bit before you add your egg mixture, otherwise it coagulates straight away and you end up with a scrambling mess. And then you just bring it together on very gentle heat or even the heat of the pan and just bring it together till it's really nice and creamy. No cream. And then when you've done all that, you pour on half a cup of cream. Or, mate, let it swim around in a swimming pool, guy. surely. No, may I make a suggestion? Mm. The first chance you get, Mm. get to a trattoria in Rome, order the carbonara, and you will see you will not get cream. You've been munching on the Sammy J snack pack. Clean yourself up. Well, my friends, this brings us nearly to the end of another snack pack, but we have saved the best till last. Very big thank you to my sound wizard, Ross Kavanagh, who, uh, on request, has dressed up in a Charlie Chaplin outfit for this entire episode. has been tap dancing silently through the booth. Wonderful moves there, Ross. Please make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast. Tell your friends if you enjoy hanging out with me each week. I like hanging out with you. I know it's a one-sided thing. I know I can't hear you right now, but you can still tune into my radio show on the ABC Listen app at any time as well. To take us out, I'm going to scuttle down a secret corridor here at the ABC into the Grand Piano Room, where I believe not only does a grand piano await, but also some cast members from Frozen the Musical who are going to take us out with a song. Courtney Monsma has starred in Six the Musical, Mamma Mia, Kiss Me Kate. Thomas McGuane has starred in Bring It On, Jersey Boys. But right now they are starring, respectively, as Anna and Hans in Frozen the Musical. Welcome to breakfast, Courtney and Thomas. Thanks, Thanks for having us. <laughs> How long has the last three months felt to you guys well it's really felt like a year honestly but it's um it's it's been tough but like we're here now we're rehearsing in the theater and we're so excited to be open Courtney I was so impressed with the show I'm a massive Disney fan so I'm probably a little bit biased but same I'm specifically like the Cory I've been nervous on your behalf all this time worried about how you're all going to remember your moves what have you been doing in lockdown to keep match fit for this final reopening Great question. Don't know if I know the answer. I know. Um, You know, just, you know, running the show, it takes a lot of stamina to do these Disney shows. They're massive Broadway musicals. So just keeping as much stamina and obviously it's such an enjoyable art form. So it's easy to do. People know Elsa. Sure. Um, People love Anna. Hans, I don't want to do spoilers, but people know Frozen. That's why they buy tickets. Mm. Hans... I mean, not as great a guy as he first appears, fair to say, Thomas. How do well, you reconcile that? I just yourself? think he's misunderstood, Sammy. Um, no, he is. Don't he, listen. You know, he is. Yeah, don't listen to him. Um, yeah, he's quite a mischievous character, but, you know, we learn so much more about him in this show. There's so much more material and dialogue that he has to be able to, you know, expound who he is and where he's from and, you know, really what he's all about. And he has all of these opportunities to sort of, you know, show who he is and really rise up and, um, you know, earn this power that he has with Arendelle, but, you know, we all know, sort of know the ending. We know the twists and turns, but, you know, they're just the masks that he wears throughout the show. Anyone who's listening who doesn't know the twists and turns, it's because you haven't watched Frozen. If you haven't watched Frozen, you probably might be dismissive of it because you think it's just some kid's show. It's not. It's absolutely incredible. It's mm-hmm. a seminal moment in Disney history. It's it's a women-powered film and it's a beautiful musical. I'm mm. so thrilled to have you guys here. Are you up for singing, like, a, a song? Because I'm just looking down. I think... Yeah, we... Oh, there's a piano here. Oh, oh my gosh. Where did you this play? come from? I don't know. I just, Elsa just magicked it here. Thanks, That's Elsa. Hilarious. Okay. Well, let's have a sing. I got some chords. We're going to stumble through. Forgive me in advance. Um, and we'll do... Let's do the song early on before you become, a, a, like, a real piece of work, Hans. Oh, Thank for sure. Thank you for that. No worries. <laughs> no worries, Anna. Doors in my face, and then 
suddenly I bump into you. Well, I was thinking the same thing. Because, like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. And maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue. But with you. But with you, I found my place. And there's nothing like I've ever known before. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. With you, with you, with you. Love is an open door. It's crazy. What? We finish each other's sandwiches. That's what I was gonna say. I've never met someone who thinks, thinks so much like me. Jinx. Jinx again. Our mental synchronization can't have but one explanation. You and I were just meant to be. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to the pain of the past. We don't have to feel it anymore. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Life can be so much more with you. With you. With you. With you. Love is an open door. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, you're McKee's. Yeah, that's awesome. Do I get to be in the show now, or is that not a thing? We'll be in touch. Oh, yeah.